All right, welcome to an episode of Rentology where we talk all things rent. Uh, today we'll be talking about short-term rentals or STRs. Okay, so to start us off, what do you consider a short-term rental? How would you define that? Um, when I think of short-term rentals, first thought is Airbnbs, right? Mm-hmm. So basically just a house or a unit or whatever where you could just rent out for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So according to the LA Home Sharing Ordinance, uh, STR is basically a rental unit rented in whole or in parts to any person or persons for transient use of 30 consecutive days or less. It goes on to further define things, but I kind of consider short-term rentals as basically any fully furnished home, so whether that's an apartment, a room, a house, an ADU, a tent, a tiny home, anything that's available for rent on a website for a short period of time is really what a short-term rental is. Okay, so short-term rentals are, it could also, it could be like renting a whole house or renting like a room, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Which one, okay. Yeah, it could be a tent. It could be, oh. it could be a trailer in your garage technically oh interesting yeah it could just be like on your property and you can rent it out to somebody got it the first platform for booking vacation rentals was vrbo and that launched in 1995 it allowed users to browse different listings but each one was managed by their individual owner and then we get to the era of airbnb which was in 2007 when two broke college students named Brian Chesky and Joe Gibbia, they were struggling to pay their rent and they knew that there was a conference in town and they were living in San Francisco at the time. So they decided to be smart people, smart businessmen, and just set up a bunch of air mattresses on the floor of their apartment and rent it out to people going to the conference for a small fee. I'm surprised people actually took that offer because literally just air mattresses kind of i think it was i really don't know what kind of conference it was but i think it was just a cheap place to stay for the weekend and if they had friends or if it was a college conference and it was just college students coming into town then i mean good way to save money that's true college kids they don't really care how they sleep yeah they just need a place to crash for a night Yeah. yeah so they later ended up founding our airbnb And that became the first company to allow people to book anything from a single room to a large home or a mansion, coming back to tents and, you know, just trailers in the garage. In 2015, it became an $85 billion industry and Airbnb has over 2 million listings in 34,000 cities in 191 countries across the world. Just like, yeah, just last year, they were, they became an $87 billion industry with over 450 million short-term rental users worldwide. They have around 2 million people staying at it in Airbnb nightly with over 34 million users on the site. Wow, okay. So it kind of seems like Airbnbs changed the game, right? Because it looks like with, it seems that with Verbo, it was mainly um, just units being, I'm not units, but like rooms being rented, right? And then. Airbnb came along and it became like a whole thing where you could rent your whole house for a short uh, short time. Yeah. So, yeah, they just really brought in the game and made, I guess, 
short-term rentals more fun and more accessible because it didn't just have to be just a small room. It could have been anything on the site. So now moving on to why do people like to use Airbnb? Well, it really is a cheap option. Overall, it's much less expensive than most hotels and resorts, especially when you're staying like outside of the States. So if you're traveling abroad or you're traveling down south and you want to stay at a resort, it might be just much cheaper to stay on an Airbnb that's by the ocean. Yeah, I know. I did check like local airbnb prices and they do, they do tend to be cheaper i think like 50 to 70 depending on like how big the house is or if, if it's just like a room or something um but there's also like pretty expensive uh like listings on there there's like if oh. it's for example if it's like an entire house then it goes for like over 500 that's insane yeah honestly so i think the cheap option is it depends i feel like on the listing the some of them might not be as cheap but definitely you have your own i guess privacy compared to hotels i would definitely think it depends more on your level of comfort so if you want just a place to stay for a night then it's much cheaper than a hotel yeah but if you want like a nice fancy weekend getaway then you're gonna end up spending more money yeah definitely but they're also really easily accessible. They can be used as temporary housing because they're a great option for people who are like in between moves, people who their lease is up, and people who are like renovating or redecorating their homes. They can stay at an Airbnb while they're getting that done, and then they can easily go back to their house. Airbnb is also really known for their live like a local because they allow you to stay with permanent residents rather than staying around a group, like more tourists than yourself. You get to experience the city from their point of view. You can do different tours, different cooking classes and like activities with the locals to make it seem like you really, like you're a permanent resident, you live there every day. And when you say stay with permanent residents, you mean like they're, wherever they rent it is like in the middle of a legit like neighborhood, right? Yeah, so that's more for people who are staying in rooms than okay. they're staying with people who are permanent residents. They live in residential areas and neighborhoods right. away okay. from the, the main city or the downtown. Okay. Airbnb also allows hosts to make extra money. The average income of a short-term rental owner is around $24,000 annually. And that's great if it's just a side hustle for you. If you have your full-time job, plus you're renting out a room on Airbnb, that gives you $25,000 of extra income to that's a do whatever you want to do with it. Like You can go ahead and travel and check out your own Airbnbs. Man, that's nice. Yeah, and for people who are renting out the rooms, that even can help pay for their, their mortgage or their rent, depending if they're renting it or they own the home. I was going to say, these are really, like, good, like, the good part, right, of Airbnbs or short-term rentals, but that's not all we're talking about, are we? Nope. With that comes all the bad things that Airbnb does to neighborhoods. Lay it out. Okay. So, a lot of Airbnb is illegal listings, so cities have different laws and ordinances that they pass to regulate this industry. But 
because every city has different requirements and Airbnb really doesn't tell you what they are, it's up to you or to the user or to the, the host to look into these laws. So you can easily have a listing on Airbnb and not know that it's illegal because you haven't done the research for it. Right. But most um, cities do require hosts to register um, in order to list their homes on Airbnb. And like I said, Airbnb doesn't tell them what to do. They have to do it on their own. And most of the time, they don't even know how to do that. They don't know how to find the res- like find the law or how to read the law that tells them like this is what this this and this is what you need to do in order to have your house listed on this website. Yeah, so I actually did check that out. And if you go to the Airbnb website and go to their help center and then like type in the city that you're in that you want to um, that your you know rental is going to be in, um, they do give you like a whole like list of information that you do need on um, like what the city's regulations are. And so I think in that way they are a bit helpful but you do have to seek out that information yeah i was gonna, gonna ask how many steps does it take for you to get to that site it's not that hard mm-hmm. uh, let's see where is the help center i'm actually on the airbnb website right now where is their help center oh i see it okay <laughs> yes and then if i think in los angeles yeah maybe like a minute tops not even a minute that would take like 10 seconds to look up the mm-hmm. short-term regulations in la so they do offer the resources that's for sure but you do have to like look for it yourself i just i wonder if they if when you're applying to become a host do they give you that though i don't know i know i like stumbled upon this like this part mm-hmm. of the website but it would be nice if airbnb was like hey like these are the resources you should be looking at before put up a listing but i don't know if they offer it Mm -hmm. i think that's the gray area where like they it's there but you have to go get it yourself yeah yeah and if you don't know where to look then it's like Mm -hmm. sorry Mm -hmm. many hosts decide to ignore the local policy when they do find it and just list their properties anyway to avoid paying those registration fees and the taxes that the city might impose on them the host probably can't like avoid penalties or anything like that, right? By saying, by claiming that they didn't know that there were like local policies or anything like that. Uh, I don't think they can avoid it if they like play dumb. But if they do, there are different exemptions to the law. To the well, in LA, they, to the ordinance, there's different exemptions. So you can claim to be a transient occupancy residential structure or stuff like that and then you list that you can check that box and then you don't have to basically sign up with the city i wonder if the city um kind of regulates on that too like if you say you're a bed and breakfast or if you're uh what did you say call it a transit transient occupancy housing yeah yeah if if you do claim your listing is one of those, I wonder if the city is like gonna check that out to make sure that you really are mm-hmm. what you say you are. Well, actually, they have begun to use third-party programs to help okay. identify these illegal listings, and they've mm-hmm. started to find them. But there is a very poor system in place to enforce them, so they could say, 
that you're illegal, but then they don't actually ever get around to finding you. Oh. For it. What? Mm-hmm. And what's the point of like fines or penalties if they're not gonna yeah. penalize you? <laughs> yeah. That's why it's missing a lot of enforcement and the system is very, very poor. But the next con in this Airbnb mess is that it really does affect the long-term housing in the rental market. So of course landlords make more money off of short-term rentals and they would rather save their, whenever somebody moves out, they would rather save that unit for short-term rather than allowing an individual or a family to move in and rent it out for the six months to a year or however long the lease is. Because if you think about it, if you could charge $100 a night to stay in your place, versus $1,000 a month, why wouldn't you prefer to rent it out short term? Yeah, you know, I was like on Google and looking up Airbnbs and there was like this website that said, that kind of like um, teaches you how you can live off of Airbnbs for like long term. Like like, like moving from one to another? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So that you can, like what you said, like if you could pay $100 a night versus 1000 a month, obviously you're going to go for the 100 And so I wonder if there's actually people out there who do use Airbnbs as like long term, you know, like jumping from one to the next. That'd be mm-hmm. pretty crazy. In a way, they'd be like manipulating the system for their own gain. And you also have to think of like constantly moving around from one place to the next. Yeah. The... The city planning department of LA actually identified around six to 10,000 units that would have otherwise been available for long-term tenants. They were being used for short-term rentals advertised through Airbnb and other platforms. And this was in 2017, so I can only imagine how many are being used now. A lot of landlords have actually been accused of evicting their permanent tenants to establish Airbnb rentals, but that's really difficult for people to actually identify and prevent from happening because you really don't know if your landlord is going to do that unless you, you know somebody who stays in the building and then it ends up becoming an Airbnb later on. And when you say landlords, um, I'm assuming these are like mom and pop landlords, right? It's actually, so usually it'll be mom and pop landlords who have the building and then they'll end up selling it to an LLC. And then that LLC will be the one to put it on Airbnb and boost. They'll fix it up, then they'll boost the price. And it ends up becoming a short-term rental. Yeah, I, I have heard of like landlords evicting their tenants or like making their units like unlivable to, you know, basically just kick them out and change their apartments into Airbnbs. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty popular thing to do. But yeah, so this often leads to the stockpiling of apartments in really high tourism areas. So we're talking Venice, Santa Monica, Newport, places along the coast. It artificially inflates rental prices because less available units equals a higher rent. But really, there are available units. They're just not being put out there for long-term use. So these units are basically just empty right until some someone like rents it out for like an str right yeah so they'll sit there empty for like a week and then only have somebody living there for a weekend um so then local permanent residents cannot afford these new rental rates and they're forced to move out of their neighborhoods into much 
cheaper areas or what you can consider cheaper than where they were living previously. And I know Airbnb has this like image that they like to push out where it's old retirees. They're the ones, you know, they're empty nesters and they they're lonely. So they decide to put out their empty rooms on Airbnb for people to live in and take advantage of. But really, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. A lot of hosts range in age and only 7% of Airbnb users are around that 55 to 64 age range. The majority of Airbnb users are actually 25 to 34. Yeah, like before I did my research for this podcast, I kind of had that image of Airbnbs, you know, where older people are just renting out their rooms or whatever. Um, But that's obviously not the case. Yeah. That's not the case at all. They just, they like to push that image on people. And they're constantly renting out their entire properties too, which is aiding in the decrease of available housing. I know in LA, around 64% of all listings are entire properties. Yeah, and you know, even in Santa Monica, it was pretty bad. I know at one point, I think like 70% of Santa Monica's listings on Airbnbs were for full units. Um, And so the city became pretty strict on STRs. And at one point they did completely ban short-term rentals in the city, um, partly in response to, you know, the increase in vacation rentals because of the, there was like this huge popularity of Airbnb and other online platforms um, just rising in the city. But in 2015, they did kind of pull back on those restrictions through the home sharing ordinance because, you know, that the city wanted individuals to, you know, at least be able to rent a spare room in their homes. Um, and so this home sharing ordinance, the hosts would have to be living in the unit while guests are there, right? So they wouldn't be able to rent out a whole house to the guests, but just a single room or rooms, whatever it may be. But the host would have to be present at all times. Um, the host would also need a business license and pay 14% transient occupancy tax. They would also only be limited to renting out that room for less than 31 days, so about a month. Um, And they did allow the home sharing, but unhosted short-term rentals are still illegal there. And yeah, Santa Monica definitely did take drastic steps, but I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I would agree. I think it's much needed in the area, especially since, like you said, 70% of Santa Monica listings Mm -hmm. were full units. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, But I know Airbnb and there was another another company, I don't remember the name, but they fought against this ordinance. They obviously lost Mm -hmm. uh, and Santa Monica was able to keep this ordinance alive and well. Mm Santa Monica actually donates, or not really donates, but they collect 2% from every listing and they give that back to Santa Monica for affordable housing. So that's a step in the right direction for sure. But moving on to our our next point, tourism gentrification, which kind of sounds like a mouthful, but (laughs) basically to get to the bottom of it, as we know, as future urban planners, Every city is organized by zones. So you have your residential, your commercial, your agriculture, recreation, green space, all of that. Hotels are usually built in the commercial zones of a city, while, you know, single family or multifamily homes are built in the residential zones. 
But with the growth of urban tourism, tourists are no longer confined to that commercial zone and they're now entering residential areas as they seek that more authentic experience of the city. You know, they really want to live like a local because that's what Airbnb sells to people. But a lot of permanent residents don't really appreciate these Airbnb guests. They shift the neighborhood from being quiet and peaceful to really noisy and crowded. They make these residents feel unsafe with the increase of random people coming in and out every couple of days. Not to mention these guests really have no agency in the neighborhood, so they don't care about throwing a party and trashing these homes because, again, they don't have a stake in the community. They're only there for a weekend, so they're going to party hard and do whatever they want because they can leave right after. Is there no penalty if you trash a host's home? I think you are fine for it, but you're also charged a cleaning fee when you reserve an Airbnb. Okay. So I don't know if that goes toward it too. But honestly, like, if you're just there for a weekend and you do end up getting fined, I don't think it's much. But yeah, so these people will explore the local culture and everyday experiences. They start to create a demand for these things in these little residential areas. So that's when you start seeing more cafes, more bars, more shops. There's more wine shops for sure with Airbnb. Do you think this is a reason why the tourism industry or is the tourism industry a fan of STRs? Because I feel like on one side you see these short-term rentals taking business away from hotels, Mm -hmm. but you also see them putting business into these small like neighborhoods. I would say they're definitely a fan of it if they can dip their hands in it as well. So you you started to see, like, as we did our research for this podcast, a lot of hotels are starting to list their rooms on Airbnb. Yeah. So I think in that sense, they like it. But definitely when it takes away from hotels, they don't. But it does boost more shops, more cafes. It turns areas that usually wouldn't have a lot of travel or tourism into big, big areas for tourism. And I think I found this quote from the UCLA Law Review, and I think it puts it best. Airbnb, by facilitating the use of housing as a tourist accommodation, leads to the decrease in housing stock, causing housing prices to rise, which in turn makes it more difficult for residents to reside in their current accommodations at times resulting in displacement, which is really the best summary of tourist industry. No, no, not, what am I saying? It's the best (laughs) summary of tourism gentrification. Okay, besides tourism gentrification, I think we also mentioned it too, how it impacts hotel industries, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you have less people staying in hotels, less revenue, it hurts these established providers. So like when you're thinking locally, those are bed and breakfasts and motels and their employees. Cause usually, you know, people who live in these small communities are the people working there. So in 2014, Airbnb reduced hotel profits by 4%, generating f- over $40 more per room per night than a hotel would. A lot of Airbnbs use independent contractors or like different companies to clean out their units. Therefore, they don't, they're don't they not paid salary, so they don't have any benefits like most hotel employees would have. It's also not a stable job. 
but Airbnb hosts rarely follow fire and building safety codes. A lot of them skip out on paying taxes that contribute to city revenue. So those taxes would be like transient occupancy, business and occupancy tax, or personal property, sales tax, hotel occupancy tax. It's all these little things that you can add on to Airbnb. But when they have illegal listings, of course, they're not charging that. And I think you mentioned this before, but how can you tell the difference between an illegal host and a legal host? So there actually is a spot on Airbnb on the website. If you look under the about this space little portion of the of the site or of the listing, I should say, it has a section for a license number. And if there is a license number or if it says like exempt for this reason, then it is a legal housing, a legal listing. But if it doesn't have that there, then it's illegal. It's more than likely illegal. Yeah. Does it depend on like which city you're in? Because I feel like some cities aren't as stringent as like cities like LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that required? Do you know of like all cities or? Most major no. cities do have an ordinance in place. So if you were talking about like San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, I'm sure Miami, places like that, New York City for sure they have an ordinance so they are required to register their listing and they will have that number on the site and i think that's the easiest way for you to know whether you're staying at a legal or illegal place yeah but we talked a lot of about i guess the negative side of short-term rentals right like airbnb and so i how do you feel are you still going to i guess use airbnbs or other short-term rental sites honestly when the few times that i have traveled within the states i've stayed at hotels or i've honestly stayed at motels more often so if i do use i've only used airbnb when i've gone to like out of the country to to mexico is when i've used airbnbs so if I were to use Airbnbs for my travel within the States in the future, I would definitely just make sure that I check for a license number. Because I think that's the easiest thing you could do, just to make sure that it's a legal listing and that they're paying their dues as residents. Or, yeah, as, yeah, because all that money goes back to the city anyway, all the taxes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've personally never used Airbnbs before but um doing a lot of research on it has shed a different light on them um so i actually just wanted to i guess offer alternatives Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's like the next best thing um but one of the alternatives is called home exchange um and it's exactly as it sounds you're like exchanging your home with another member on the site um so you have to pay a 150 dollars membership fee but you get like unlimited exchanges with the other host um so there's like two different kinds of options so there's a classic exchange which is like a reciprocal exchange right so two families exchange each other's homes um and that could be like simultaneously or on different dates Um, And you can also like exchange with guest points, which is like the second option. Um, So you can like find a member with an available home, but 
if that member doesn't want to stay at your home in return, then you can offer them like guest points uh, that can be used to stay at another member's house. And so I'm not exactly sure how it works because I've never used it before, but it did sound interesting, which is why I included it. Um, another, I guess, alternative is called homestay. And I think it's more like what short-term rentals were all about, right? So it's hosts just put up their rooms for listing rather than their entire house. So it's just home sharing, I guess. But Do they have to pay a fee like Airbnb does? Yeah, so it's the exact same idea as Airbnbs, but uh, the website Homestay doesn't have any like actual, like whole houses as listings, but okay. just, just the rooms. rooms, which I think is a good idea. Yeah, it's the root of what Airbnb originally was. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of other alternatives if you want to. I think I saw one where you could like rent out an RV or a trailer or whatever. Um, but I think it's just being aware of what short-term rentals can do to a, a neighborhood or Definitely. a city. Um, I didn't know that there were consequences to short-term rentals before. Um, so yeah. I feel like this has been informative for me. Yeah, it's definitely a good thing to consider when you're trying to book a trip. It's like, what is the cost? More than just like the price of it. Just how is this affecting the place I want to visit, the place that I want to enjoy? I would say follow the golden rule and just make sure that there's a license number so you know that it's legal and they're paying their dues. You can travel more no, what was what, what am I trying to say? Like you can feel better about like your your stay. Mm, like feel less, I guess, not guilty. Yeah, knowing basically. that you've taken a potential house from someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know that you're that that person is paying their dues and that you're not taking what could be a family's home from them. Yeah, that's that's really the root of this. I think that is it. Thanks for listening to us. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you Hopefully have a wonderful day. Informative. Yes, very informative. And if you do have any other, if you do have like questions about Airbnbs or something that we didn't touch upon, there's Google. You can always check that out if you want to. Google <laughs> has the answers to everything. You just have to know how to look for them. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Bye, guys. This is where we have our jingle. Whatever our jingle is, play it right now. Bye. Bye bye.